had a real calling to record this podcast episode today because I've been doing a lot of reflection lately and you may have noticed that I've not been uploading as much onto Impact School podcast as I had been doing in the past and there's a reason for that that I will get into later on in this episode and I wanted to start by sharing with you where I am right now in the world. I'm currently in Medellin in Colombia and there's a huge thunderstorm going on outside. There's really loud, loud crashes. So you may hear that as we go through the the entire sky is lighting up with lightning. And I've been thinking about what's been going on this year because as I'm sitting here, or should I say standing with my very um, home homemade DIY standing desk, Wow, I feel so present and I feel so peaceful within myself, but then there's total chaos and mayhem going on outside. And I realize that's a pretty good reflection of what's been going on in the year 2022 for myself. And with that, I realized as I was just doing a bit of journaling that there's really been six key things that I've discovered about myself, about business, about life so far this year, realizations that had never even occurred to me until this moment. And I just had this calling to record this for you here today. So thank you so much for listening. And for anyone that's new, my name is Lauren Tickner. This is Impact School Podcast. We usually talk about all things business, increasing your revenue and profitability, building your team, systems, scaling, having amazing world-class services that you support your clients with and how to actually leverage your time while doing all of that and being an amazing leader at the same time. So yeah, I haven't been uploading as much. And you may know that back in 2020, on the 13th of September, this podcast was hacked. And we lost more than 100 episodes with people like Grant Cardone, Ned Mylaire, and Dean Graziosi. And ever since then, me and my team, we just never got back into the flow of things. And that's totally my fault, because I honestly got really, I must say, it affected me a lot. And I didn't realize quite how much this experience had affected me, but it actually made me lose trust in people massively and so I've been doing a lot of self-work on that and so we're back here now I have the confidence in it and we actually I have an amazing new team member who managed to find all of the archives of those episodes so we're thinking about uploading them one by one but anyway with all that said I want to get into the six biggest lessons that I've had so far this year now of course there's been many many more in between all of these but I want to give you some stuff that's going to be tangible and the first thing that's been really interesting has been I've hired an amazing executive assistant and her name's Elle. And so you'll probably be hearing from her if you're going to be communicating with me. And in the past, I've typically hired assistants from the Philippines. And so they've been amazing virtual assistants. But Elle is a really high, 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 high quality person. Like she just is just in all ways and shapes and forms. She's she's a leader right? And so it's been interesting for me being able to have somebody in a position where I can put them into a leadership style meeting and she would be able to act based upon how I would act. And that comes from hiring based upon values and she acts in the way that I would act if I wasn't there. And that's a new thing for me. And I never realized the power of having an executive assistant until I had one. And so the difference between a personal assistant and an executive assistant is a personal assistant is you know going to book your flights and book your meal prep and, and do your emails and things like that. Whereas, yeah, for sure, an EA may do some of that stuff, but they'll also be able to go into 
meetings with other high-level people, partners that you have, etc., and then make strategic decisions on behalf of the direction of the company. And so it's been amazing to have Elle come in. And how we found her is she actually came from a referral. So she was working at a company who's in a similar space to Impact School. And um, this company was going in a different direction and she actually reached out. So I reached out to the CEO of that company and he told us like, yeah, she's great. This is what she's good at, etc. And then that's how she ended up at Impact School. And I'm telling you, this has literally changed my life. So right now she's in the process of hiring five new appointment setters for Impact School. And that's because we recently, we stopped doing sales calls for a while. We were exclusively closing in the DMs, but right now we have too many leads that we need to vet. So we're adding sales calls back in. So we need more appointment setters, et cetera, et cetera. If you're ever interested in working for Impact School, just send an email to team at impact-school.com and just send your CV and a letter explaining why you think you should work at the company. But this has been amazing. And I can't tell you how free I feel. And now even just recording this today, like she said to me, like, Lauren, you know, we need to post up some content. And that brings me on to my second lesson, right? So a couple of recap there, you know, hiring an executive assistant, right? Not just a PA, but an executive assistant. I wish I'd done this when I first started hitting six figure profit months. Oh man, if I'd have done that when I first was, yeah, <laughs> at that stage, I would have had easily the salary to have been able to do it for them. Uh, you know, a quality, quality person. You're not paying like 1K per month for this person. You're paying them a good salary and bonuses. And um, wow, they alleviate so much of, 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 of the burden of things. And then obviously another lesson there was hiring someone from referrals. That is really powerful too. But then the next thing is, I haven't been posting as much content and the reason being is because a lesson I really learned this year when I had to jump in and do a bunch of different stuff because a crazy situation, whoops, a crazy situation happened with um, outsourcing my sales, which I'll get into in a second, which meant that I had to jump back into a lot of sales myself. But basically, my point is, I severely overestimated how much content I needed to be posting. I was posting like every single day. And what I realized through slowing down is that actually you really don't need much content at all. If I could go back to the very beginning, I'd probably make an Instagram account with like nine posts on there, one highlighting my values, one highlighting some client testimonials, one highlighting my personal story about me, one highlighting how I help my clients and my methodology, another one highlighting another client case study, and then, you know, the other ones just be all about some type of value that the audience could take away right now. And then I would just honestly have like an evergreen social media and then post on stories. This is just like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, uh, LinkedIn, you know, Facebook. And then from there, yeah, just post on like the stories or just do a couple extra tweets every now and then. And then use it as a platform to be able to do outreach, honestly. And uh, gosh, it would have made my life so much easier because I was constantly posting content, always thinking, oh my gosh, what should I post today? But yeah, like that honestly isn't that important. And when you have a really great outcome that you take your clients to and a great process in which you can get them there and a great team who are then doing outbound, wow, I mean, that would have been such a better use of my time. So that's why I've been posting a lot less. And I've also been spending a lot of time reflecting because I had a call with one of my mentors the other day. And he said to me, Lauren, to really increase the value of your company, you need to put the customers 
and the process first, not the team and the people. And so my team at Impact School are amazing, but of course, you know, that doesn't overcome the issue of if you got hit by a bus, would your business live on? And he said something to me which was really, truly profound, and he said, there are companies whereby they have a dancing monkey that they put on a stage who speaks all around the world, and that dancing monkey has to be there in order for the business to make sales. And I realized, yeah, like, that is so true because, you know, I say about 20 to 30% of our clients come directly from the Impact School website, but then the rest comes from my social media. And so, yeah, we could probably be doing like 200K per month without me doing anything. And if I was offline, like not doing any content or anything, sure, like, you know, my team would find a way to get the revenue back up to where it is right now. But if we want to be doing a million dollars per month net profit every single month without the business being dependent on me, then we need to reposition the company. And so that's strategically whereby we've been spending more time doing that rather than relying on me just pulling in leads all the time. So that's been really eye-opening. And after I was talking through this with some people on my team, we also, you know, realized how we can indeed reposition things and how we can get ourselves, you know, so that it's all about the buyers, the brand, the brand promise, rather than being about the people on the team and my own personal story. So so that was pretty cool. And then I can come at things like more from the perspective of this is my business, this is how we do things. But then, you know, the business continues to produce its own leads on its own, right? So that was just something whereby, you know, we had realized like, okay, so much time was going on to content, but we weren't doing as much lead follow-up, right? So if you post a piece of content and get 20 comments, then you're doing yourself a disservice by not manually messaging every single one of those people. Whenever you get, I I literally had a dream last night (laughs) that we found a way to automate it so that every single time a new person followed the Impact School Instagram, we would send them a personalized voice memo. Like I literally had this dream and I'm, I'm, I'm swear to God. And so that's something that now I don't want to automate that because I believe in scaling intimacy. Scaling intimacy is one of the most powerful things. So instead of automating it, we just get an alert once we get a new follower and then someone from the team goes and reaches out, reaches out to them and then we have a new lead in our pipeline. Okay, so these are the ways that I'm thinking rather than thinking, okay, how can we make sure that we post a new thing every day? Instead, it's how can we scale the intimacy in those connections because we're selling high ticket coaching and consulting, right? We're selling systems, we're selling an outcome of increasing a company's profitability and revenue. And so we are able to do those high touch point things. Same with literally everyone listening to this right now because my audience isn't people selling a $9 per month subscription, right? I don't really like this model for sure. It's cool if you want to liquidate some ad spend, but I'm not going to get down that avenue now. So yeah, this was uh, just a powerful lesson for me, like way, way overvaluing content and undervaluing lead follow-up. And so now you best believe we have, I'd say the most tight lead follow-up in the industry. And uh, that's something that I'm grateful to support other companies with in building outbound sales teams. And that's part of what we do with clients at Impact School who are at a certain revenue level. So that's fun. And this brings me on to the point, another lesson this year, maybe this was a lesson from last year, but if the, the consequences occurred this year. So I was in a position whereby I had a good sales team, right? And they were closing deals for inbound, but then, you know, there was this whole situation of all of these other people that we just weren't reaching back out to. And I just couldn't quite crack how to build this outbound sales team. So I made a partnership with somebody whereby they were gonna get 40% of any sales that they had made 
through them messaging my leads and closing them, okay? So at the time, sounded like a fair deal. <sighs> I'm not gonna give all of the details, but I paid this person a very, very, very high sum, as in like, you know, multiple, 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 blah, 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 five figures, right? Directly to open up an office and do all the stuff for the sales team, da 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 da. And that was supposed to be a 14 month agreement and four months in, they broke the agreement, ran away with all the money, ran away with all the leads, all the data, everything, didn't hand anything back over. So there's massive criminal data breaches there on their end. And um, yeah, that was that. <laughs> Got into a messy, messy, messy situation. And I must say, this is the, this is the time where I felt the most vulnerable because I had really trusted in somebody, somebody, this person that I've known since I was about 19 years old. And um, yeah, really, really painful time. So I learned at that moment, you know, the dangers of outsourcing sales, because if you outsource sales, you're giving over your leads to somebody else. I had a very big company come to us recently in, in our space and they asked, hey Lauren, like, could you and your team take on our sales? And I said, look, as much as I would love to, because your company is badass and everyone listening to this right now would know who it is. I said, look, I don't want you to outsource your sales to me because I want you to build something in-house for yourself so that you own those leads and there's no risk that anyone else would ever run off with them, right? I'm not saying obviously that's something that I would do, but I would say like, I'm just being honest with you because I've been in a situation whereby somebody did that to me and I don't want you to ever even question that that might happen, right? So that was a huge lesson and I think I noticed in that moment that in the past, I tried to do similar things with my marketing. I, I dreamed, oh yeah, I can just hire a marketing agency and then that's gonna solve all my problems. But the thing is, if you don't have an amazing offering and if you don't figure out how to actually do these sales processes and marketing processes yourself, it's kind of like how Dell, right? Dell used to outsource all of its software development to China or Japan or somewhere somewhere in Asia, right? And so what ended up happening was over the years, they really honed in the craft. They got all the systems, the SOPs, the ways of doing things, all of the IP. Yep, although it was owned by Dell, right? Because they were doing it on behalf of them, they still had it and they could make slight tweaks and then it would be their own. And so what ended up happening was eventually after years and years and years and decades of partnership, this company in Asia, they ended up launching the thing that Dell was doing. So now Dell is really not very big at all in the retail market. Instead, they still do like B2B stuff, but in retail, this Asian company massively took over because they, because Dell had been outsourcing to them for so many years, they had become way more competent than Dell was. And that is a truly risky thing because for example, with the sales agency, right? What did they care about? They didn't care about my money, They that my company and like my company making more money. Yeah, they cared about it a bit because they were tied in commission wise, but at the end of the day, they cared more about their company, right? And growing that. And so that was just a big lesson. So I learned like, I'm not gonna outsource again. It's not something that I'm gonna do. It's not something that I'm interested in. If I'm gonna do something, I'll do a proper partnership. But at the end of the day, 
what was happening here is someone was basically taking advantage of all the leads that I'd spent years and years and years and the credibility that I'd built up. And then they were going in and trying to close those people. They weren't using ethical sales techniques that I'd liked. It actually burnt relationships with some of people in my audience that had been following me since I was like literally 17 years old. And so that was really disappointing for me. And so I just, you know, outsourcing can really risk your reputation. And um, yeah, it's a real shame that that had happened. And it really taught me as well, like, you know, when I tried to outsource marketing in the past, like why that also didn't work. And so I'm just glad that, you know, obviously I've now been in a situation whereby I was forced to fix this. Because can you imagine one day I have this whole sales team there, the next day I don't. And so in that moment, I had to jump in. That's how I learned how to sell high ticket deals in the DMs, even deals up to 100K sold all through DMs, no sales call. And so now we're adding, you know, we are adding some sales calls again to our business with appointment setters um, for a smaller program. Um, because for the higher level one, it's interesting. People just don't want to take calls. They're just like, yep, cool. Okay, let me send you the money done for our program for people who are trying to get to their first like 10, 15K per month in their coaching program that they're selling or their agency that they have that they want to make more systematized and scalable, uh, most likely through a productized service. We found that those people, they want to have sales calls. And so that's all well and good. Uh, so yeah, big lessons there. <laughs> so obviously, I'm actually in, in, in hindsight, it's good that it happened, figured out how to sell through DMs. But you know, outsourcing sales is not something you want to do, you want to learn how to do it yourself and do it properly. Same with marketing. Okay. Um, now the next thing is a slightly different random lesson. But I learned that intermittent fasting is not good for women. Now, my background is in health and fitness. And so I actually used to say to my clients like, hey, intermittent fasting can help you actually get that tone body that you want, right? Because, you know, my audience were women who, well, mainly girls, honestly, that were trying to lose weight and get strong. And the word that they used all the time was toned. So I would just use that word. And so I was intermittent fasting for about eight years. And um, I also didn't have my period for that long period of time. And so what I actually discovered was that through doing a bunch of research, I found out about energy balance and, you know, how, for example, if let's just say you go to the gym in the morning and then you don't eat and then you're now in like a 400 calorie deficit for like three hours, blah, 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 whatever. Like that basically is really bad for hormonal health for women. And so magically, I actually committed to eating first thing that I when I wake up in the morning some carbs and at first it was horrible I hated feeling full in the morning but now guess what within a week I felt like a different person and I didn't realize how low my energy was until I changed my state and this got me thinking about so many other situations maybe you're in a toxic relationship maybe you know you just don't have any leads in your business like you just don't know how easy things could be <laughs> and so now I'm like energetic all day long right until I'm about to go to sleep like an hour or two before and I didn't even know that it was possible to feel this way because I felt so bad for so long and so I made that change um it was a very similar time to this wholesale situation while that was all happening. But basically, I made that change in the end of March. And yeah, I, I it was crazy. I mean, just the difference. So I think sometimes like it's like these changes that we don't even see right now are something that are holding us back. That's the thing that's holding us back the most. So that was just something. Um, if anyone's struggling with this, I strongly advise looking into uh, this uh, thing called Red S. It's called Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport. And I think a lot of my audience here listening to this are, you know, high, high output people who want to hustle, get a lot of stuff done. Um, 
And if you're training a lot, this is, and if your energy is low, this is very, very interesting. So just something to take a look at. And by the way, um, if this is helping you, because I don't run ads on this podcast, if you could just share this with a friend, um, just, you know, tell them to listen and subscribe on Impact School Podcast. And by the way, if anyone ever shares this on your stories, I am so grateful for you and I massively appreciate you. And uh, yeah, it feels good to be back in the flow of this, actually. I feel a little rusty. So if this isn't as good as it usually is, then I'm sorry. I need to get back in the swing of things. Um, and you know what? The next one is one which I had never really thought about doing, but my COO, her name is Noor. She's amazing. She's been on this podcast loads of times. We've talked about how to build sales teams. We've talked about how to hire people. We've talked about all different sorts of stuff. I actually decided that I wanted to give her equity in impact school. And so in the past, you know, this is something that I'd never have considered. And it's kind of like in the past, I'd never considered even selling Impact School, which is not something that I want to do and not something that I'm entertaining. But I have been offered huge, huge, ridiculous sums that I'd never even thought would be possible um, for the company. And so that was interesting. But regarding the equity piece, this totally changed the game, just like hiring an executive assistant. Because now what I've noticed with Noor is that she thinks like an owner. And she makes strategic decisions based upon the long, long, long term. And so she'll even put me in my place. And she was amazing before when she was COO and even when she was operations manager, right? Like Noor actually, by the way, started an unemployment setter role. So we really do believe in, you know, empowering people to grow their careers inside of the company. But it was crazy because when I started giving her equity, and even in the beginning, a profit share, it wasn't even about the money for her by any means, like she's not a money motivated person, but for her, it was about the sense of ownership. And that's something that, you know, she's been with me for years now, and I trust this girl, and she's incredible. And it's something that for anyone who's at that high, higher revenue stage, you know, maybe you're already crossing a few mil per year, it's a really great thing to consider because for me, I always felt like I, everything kind of felt like, oh, I don't know if this person's going to be with me next year, right? Whereas now I know and I have like 100% confidence, Noor's going to be with me for five years, 10 years, 20, like we're going to do business together for decades. And that's something that I really began to see once I did indeed give her equity. So just something to consider, something to think about, like, you know, I'm not like an expert in this by any means, but for me and my relationship with Noor and Impact School, this has helped massively. And that, of course, came from a previous track record and working together. Now, if Noor was just like me and she was like, you know, really good at sales and that was her area, like it wouldn't be a good business partnership fit because I'm already good at that. I don't need someone with me every single day to do that same thing. Noor's like the opposite of me. She's good at operational stuff and she's good at organizing things. She's amazing at client fulfillment and leading those teams. Whereas my side of things is much better and stronger on the sales side. And um, so I would say that for me, doing this with someone who's like the yin to my yang, that's very, 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 very powerful. So that is the next lesson. And the final lesson is one that I didn't even have on my agenda for this year because it's so funny in um in the second week of December I texted my friend and I was like you know what I'm not gonna go on a single date this year and that was basically my commitment and then I went to a party on New Year's Eve and <laughs> like at, at like a one I think it was like 137 or something I texted my friend the same friend and I was like 
whoops, when it's 10 minutes into the year that you decided that you were not going to date a single person and you meet an amazing guy. <laughs> and so what's been really, really interesting is that I had spent so long by myself, right? Like in the lockdown times, eight months, I didn't even touch another person. I was living by myself. As in like physically, I didn't even hug like a friend. And so I had a lot of time to do personal development and to really reflect on what do I want my life to look like in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Like how do I want that to be? And so through doing that, I was in a place where I was really comfortable in spending time by myself and being by myself. And then suddenly I meet the most incredible man. And it has been the biggest shift that I've ever truly found that I could possibly have in even in, in business. Because I found that through being in a relationship, one where I see the long term, like really long term, you know, forever term. And it's allowed me to feel the sense of calmness that I had not yet had before. And also this sense of empathy of people who even, you know, I, I mean, I have plenty of people on my team that have kids, but I never used to understand when they would say like, oh yeah, like I'm going to go spend time with my partner this weekend. I would think like, what, you know, why are you not going to be hustling and getting stuff done? Like I never used to get it, but now I see things as a whole. And that was a huge shift for me, which I didn't even see coming. And I think sometimes like, you know, we can get so set in our ways of like, nope, I said that I was going to do this, so I'm going to stick to that. But then when I was finally able to just shut my eyes, you know, and, and see myself floating down the river of life, that was when everything started to feel less like a drag. So even all this stuff with regards to this outsourcing sales, which has been, I, I would say the most stressful thing that's ever happened to me in my whole entire life, like I, it's... I won't get into the details, but been crazy. Um, there's still this element of certainty and confidence that I have, which I didn't have before. And so that really come, came from me from doing all that work on myself and then being able to do that work when in a relationship too. So that's just something. And uh, I wanted to share this today, these lessons that I've had so far this year, because none of these things did I see coming, like not a single one of them. And I think that's the beautiful thing is that the biggest change that's going to totally revolutionize our business, our life the most, we aren't even yet consciously aware of. And it's funny because there are so many things that I've heard people say in the past, like I've heard them say, don't outsource your marketing, don't outsource your sales, like do it all in-house. I've heard these things, but I didn't truly listen until it happened to me. <laughs> and so like I always say to my team, you cannot tell the client what the aha moment is. You have to allow them to have the aha moment for themselves. And I truly experienced that too. So sometimes we need a dose of our own medicine. And with that said, if you are interested in joining Impact School and getting guaranteed results in the growth of your business, increasing your revenue and profits, then feel free to just drop a message to the Impact School Instagram. It's just impact underscore school. And somebody from my team will be able to support you there. And um, yeah, I'm going to get back, back into the flow of doing these podcast episodes. My social media is Lauren Tickner, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-C-K-N-E-R. If you enjoyed this, yeah, I'd love to know. Just also you can send me a message on I'm the most active on my Instagram and it would be interesting to hear because obviously have not posted for a long time. Thank you so much for your patience with that and I'm blessed and grateful to serve you. So thank you so much. Today's going to be an amazing, amazing day. 
And uh, yeah, go binge listen to some of the old episodes here because hey, if you listen to them before, maybe you'll get a new perspective now. Thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode. And I commit to doing more episodes and uh, I take on your feedback. So I'd love to hear what you'd like to hear.